following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcasting Network. For a full list of our shows, as well as breaking sports news and engaging feature stories, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com. Welcome to The Leftovers, brought to you by the Underdog Sports Network, with Josh Dunn, Anshu Khanna, and Dan Bauer. Hello and welcome to The Leftovers. It is Friday, May 25th. I am your host, Josh Dunn, and alongside me tonight is Anshu Khanna. Anshu, how are you feeling this beautiful Friday morning? It is a great day in the city beautiful, as Hawk Harrelson would say, and uh, summer has officially arrived, not officially really, but it's Memorial Day, so moment of silence for our memes, and uh, yeah, very excited for this holiday show. Well, summer may not have arrived, but would you say the Houston Rockets have arrived? So we had a big game in the Western Conference, obviously everybody's been on Golden State, the Rockets have stolen two away from this Golden State Warriors team. A little bit of a scare there toward the end of the game. Chris Paul had a little bit of a hamstring issue. We don't know how severe it is, but uh, this Rockets team, I've been saying, aren't you, aren't you, please tell me they have got enough to beat Golden State. <laughs> You've been begging me. I've been begging you to come along. And uh, now they're up 3-2, so they're one game away from knocking off the three-time defending Western Conference champions. Can they do it, aren't you? Please tell me it can happen. No, it can't happen. I'm still sticking by it. I'm sticking with the Warriors. I but I gotta say that you know it is amazing that you, you said stole a game, and I think that was put absolutely perfectly. I mean, look, two. You, to, I mean, they stole two, but this game was really stolen. Durant scores 29. Curry scores 22. Clay scores 23. Harden, Harden was 0 of 11. 0 of 11 for three. Harden scores 19, and Paul scores 20. So the three highest score. I mean. Gordon scores 24, fine, but you know. But he didn't like, even have a good game shooting. No, he, he um, well, he was pretty good. But yeah, three points, he shoots 30%. Look, here it is. The, the Warriors Six still won 15. this game. Like, you look at this box score, and it just astounds me that they didn't win this game. And it, it felt that way, too, as you're watching it. But especially when you have Draymond hitting that big three, he goes 12 and 15. I mean, the big guys came to play for the Warriors. And flat out, like, they just didn't get it done. Like, the the only guy of their stars that had a positive plus minus was Kevin Durant at a narrow plus two. Draymond minus nine. Steph minus nine. Clay minus nine. That is insane to me. And, you know, kudos to you and to anyone who thought. I mean, I think that anyone who thought that the Rockets were good, like, look, they, they're there. They're, they're very much in this. I still think the Warriors are going to win these last two because my eyes just can't believe this is happening. But I'll, I'll defer to you on this because you, you've had this. And they're they're up 3-2, and, you know, you know they just need to win 1-2 one, one to, to go to the finals and be the favorites there. Listen, I had it in 7, and I was not confident in picking it in 7. And honestly, part of it was bias. And, and it was bias against the Warriors and just the pure wanting of them to lose. Don't get me wrong. I thought this Rockets team had a lot of firepower offensively, but I never thought that a Rockets team – 
that only went seven deep, and their best players, Chris Paul and James Harden, had one of their worst games. Chris Paul was 6 yep. of 19 in this game. He had a few big threes. Harden was 0 of 11 from minus 3. Minus 13. Minus 13. Minus 13. James Harden was 0 of 11. 11 from 3. So combined, Chris Paul and James Harden, their two best players, were 4 of 20 from 3-point range. That is a combined insanely 11 bad. 11 of 40. 11 of 40 from the field, Josh. That is absurd. It's crazy. And, and if you combine their plus minus, they're still minus 5. So yeah. your, your best player on the court, P.J. Tucker, plus 14. He finishes the game with eight points on the floor. So you, you your best players play horribly. Not not horribly by any standards, but horribly by the standards we're talking about in the Western Conference Finals. And they win the game narrowly by four points. They win the last game narrowly by two points. And really, the Western Conference has become in these last two games basically a defensive struggle that we're used to yeah. seeing out of the Eastern Conference, not what we're used to seeing out of the Western Conference, which is now points, uh, points and points on points. And nope, and and the, the Warriors played well enough to win this game, and they just could not get it done. In both of these games, aren't you? It was down the stretch. They just couldn't figure out what to do with the ball, and and that's what worries me about this Warriors team. As somebody on the outside looking in and trying to be unbiased about it, is they have three players that are great on this team, and they don't know who to, who who should have the last shot in the game. They try they try to you know figure it out, make a make a couple dribbles to the hoop, and then if they're not open, they just kick it to whoever's closest to them, and it just doesn't seem to work. Yeah, I mean, I agree with that. I think that more than anything, it's the Rockets realizing, and credit to D'Antoni and to Chris Paul for doing this, but and obviously Harden, but just slowing this whole thing down because that is not the way the Rockets want to play generally. But the fact that they can play different styles, that they've been so efficient on so few possessions, that their defense has come to life and held the Warriors to 94 points is just and under 100 and some, some odd points in the last two games. That That's truly amazing. And, you know, I, I go back to what you said, that they stole this game. This, this felt like a steal, and you absolutely have to do that against the Warriors. I still think they, you know, they're going to have to play – the game of their lives, one of these two, to win this. Because I, I truly think that the Warriors are going to come out with their absolute best. And, you know, assuming Iguodala comes back in Game 6, which isn't necessarily a safe assumption, but you add him to this mix. I mean, frankly, the Warriors don't need him. Like, there is no excuse for this. They they are the far more talented team, and just by all the numbers we just said. And, uh, you know, but you have to look at this at this point and think that, look, if they cut down the possessions, it makes it... It's like when you talk about the NFL, right? And you say, or even the NCAA, like, if you have a much worse team than a much better team, you don't want to play a high-flying offense all game at their pace, right? You want to, like, slow it down, limit the possessions, take their quarterback off the field. That's kind of what the Rockets, I feel like, have done here. They've limited possessions. They've kept this stuff to under 200 total points. And I, I feel like that might be the elixir to beating this Warriors team. I, I mean, I'm still not betting on it, but that might be it. Well, it was a huge, in a big way, sloppy game. The Warriors had 16 mm-hmm. turnovers in this game. That is not characteristic of what this team has done. They had a lot of sloppy fouls. I remember Eric Gordon pump faking and, and getting, uh, you know, the, the, the three foul shots uh, on Kevin Durant. There were a lot of those kind of calls throughout this game. Uh, but 
you're right. 94 points for the Golden State Warriors team that we're accustomed to seeing 120 to 130 from. And you look at the the Rockets. They only played seven players in this game. And, uh, and, and those seven players played heavy minutes. You have guys like Nene, who's been, you know, uh, he's been a role player on a lot of teams throughout this NBA career of his. Joe Johnson's on the bench. Luke Bahamute. Ryan Anderson. None of these guys are playing any minutes in this game. They play seven guys, and those seven guys somehow beat a Warriors team that they play ten guys in this game, and they still have guys like, like you said, Andre Iguodala's on the bench. JaVale McGee doesn't play a minute in this game. Zaza Pachulia's been pr- pretty much irrelevant throughout this series, and they still Didn't can't play. get it done, which leads me to believe that, you know, the rock the, the Rockets are not the team at this point with their backs against the walls. The Warriors have to win one, and there's two opportunities for the Rockets to, to get one. The Rockets have now stolen two, so the confidence is 100% on their side. And if, I, if I'm going to be a betting man here, which I probably won't be, but Chris Paul, <laughs> if he's healthy, if Chris Paul is not in any serious danger of like a legitimate injury that could push him out for a game or two, I think the Rockets can get one of these two games, and I think the Warriors need to play like they're a team against the back with their backs against the wall, and they need to come into attack mode early in the, in this next game in Game Six. Yeah, and I, I think they will. I mean, I think that in this, I'll just go back to what I said that, but you know, like I think the Rockets are going to try to take them out of that high octane offense and not allow them to beat. You know, look, the Warriors beat this Rockets team by forty-one in game three that was two games ago that wasn't that long ago these are the same teams like i just if this thing can flip very quickly if the if the, they go to golden state they go to oracle or oco or whatever the hell they call it now and the warriors do what they do like the pressure's back on the rockets because at that point it's an any any man's game but i i you know if the if the rockets do what they did tonight and just ugly it up and dumb it down and make it into something where the Warriors can't be in a track meet. Like, I I didn't see this. I didn't see this out of the Rockets all season, so it, it blows me away that they're doing it. But they're they're making it ugly, and they're doing a phenomenal job of slowing down the Warriors and forcing those turno- turnovers you talked about. I mean, I could see it with a LeBron team. Like that, I think that's partially how the Cavs beat the Warriors that year. But to do it this way with this team, like they don't really have great wing defenders on the Rockets. The fact that they hold them to 94 is it's either a miracle or just unbelievable pace and game planning by Mike D'Antoni. Oh, it's, it, the, the defense is the craziest part because we expected high octane offense out of both of these teams. But the fact that the Rockets, the fact that these games are held under 100 points for both teams the last couple of games is, is just, it's crazy. Um, it, it doesn't make sense. No, like, it, it really it doesn't. doesn't make any sense. I, I love it. I hope. I hope we continue to see these defensive battles in the Western Conference because it's something we've not become accustomed to over the last several years in the Western Conference. But it is something we've become accustomed to in the Eastern Conference, and the Eastern yes. Conference has been ugly, ugly, ugly. This is one of the worst series I've ever watched as a basketball fan. It's it's blowout city every single game, even though the only game, the, the last game, game four, was only a nine-point win for the Cavs. There was never a doubt. What is wrong with the Eastern Conference right now? Can can the road team win a game in this series? Obviously, the Cavs would have to do it to win it. I'm just, I'm, I'm honestly, I'm so torn because I keep going back and forth on whether or not I want to see LeBron in the finals again or whether or not I want to see this Cavs team just get out of the playoffs so I don't have to care as much about it. Anshu, what should I do as a Cavs fan? Because I'm freaking out at this point. <laughs> oh, man. Um, 
I mean, there's no point in tanking. Just let this thing ride out. I mean, I think if LeBron gets if, – if the next game goes like the last game, it's going to leave a very sour taste in LeBron's mouth. And we've said kind of all along we've kind of avoided the future talk about LeBron, but the reality is however it ends is going to impact his decision heavily. I, I believe that. I think you believe that. I think that Dan for sure believes that. Like I'm not sure he knows in his own heart what he's going to do yet. But if they go out the way they played last game, it's going to be tough. And honestly, you know, I think he was sick. I, I really believe that. I, I was thinking that halfway through the game. He looked totally – I've never seen LeBron James look like that in an important game. He looked – that was some of the worst basketball I've ever seen him play. And he's earned that. I mean, he. but he – like, if you look at their plus minuses, but, I mean, even forget about that. Just look at how he played specifically on the court. That was some of the worst stuff I've seen out of him. And, you know, we've talked a lot about how he's carried this team on his back. They had no opportunity to carry him on their back because he had already put them in such a hole. And so where LeBron gets all the credit when they do well, I have to – and honestly, a lot of the credit when they do poorly, I have to blame him for this performance. Do you do you agree with that? Oh, absolutely. LeBron was disgusting in this game, and he and – he, actually didn't shoot the ball that poorly, which is the worst part about it because he has a decent game from the field, but his transition defense was what completely put them out of the game early in this game. I mean, basically there were there were situations where, you know, a shot would be missed on, on the offensive side of the ball for the Cavs. LeBron would gingerly go back to the defensive side of the ball, and he would literally let somebody like Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown make an uncontested layup when he's right there underneath the hoop. It's like, why aren't you contesting that shot? I didn't understand it, especially when you have other guys on the court that are fighting, you know, for for their playoff lives. You know, Larry Nance obviously gets into a little bit of an altercation during the game with Marcus Morris, who I'm so sick of seeing Marcus Morris oh, trying to, 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 yeah. to start fights. But, but you look at the Cavs bench in this game, and almost every single one of them on their plus minus is, is in the positive. Yep. And then you look at the starting lineup, and you have – Kevin Love, negative 23. LeBron James, minus 11. George Hill, minus 21. Tristan Thompson, minus 15. J.R. Smith, minus 19. J.R. Smith was 1 for 6 with 2 points in this game, and the shots that he took were disgusting. He was 0 for 4 from 3. You can't have that. I don't get why Kyle Korver doesn't get more time in this game. He only had 19 minutes. Unbelievable. 7 points. He, he, he... He was two for five from three, but he didn't get enough looks in this game. I just – I don't get what the Cavs were thinking. I think Tyron Lewis still, and I will say it, and I've said it all year, I think he's a horrible coach. I think he tries to be cute with his lineup changes, and I just don't – I don't understand what he was doing in this game. But you're right. The, the, at, the, at the essence of what the problem was for the Cavs in this one, it was LeBron James – and it was his effort. Maybe it was that he was sick, and if it is, whatever. You know, you, there's some things in life you can't control, but it, it was pretty bad from start to finish from LeBron. And like I said, he hit some big shots in this game. Uh, you know, he hit some LeBron-esque shots, but those kind of go by the wayside when you're not playing any defense, and it's very clear that you're really not trying. I, I mean, beyond – so you throw the defense in the first half. I thought that his carelessness of the ball in the second oh, half – Oh, turnovers in the last three games. You, you didn't think just, about it the last game because – well, he had seven – I think it was seven turnovers in game four, and you don't talk about it because he has 44 points and they get a win. But in a right. loss, in a loss when he has six turnovers, it, it, it becomes that much more apparent what he was doing. And to me – he, he's done that the last few games. He's done that the last three games where he's thrown easy, like, 
transition passes away where you could easily just either walk the ball up the court yourself or throw it to somebody who's open. But the, the Celtics are not a slouch team. They're not a team that's just going to mosey their way on back on defense. They're they're right. going to try to attack and, and get the ball back to bring it to the other side and make a transition shot of their own. No, that's, I mean, that's definitely true. But I, I think that, you know, like you said, it's easy to talk talk it away in the games where he's doing other stuff and he's asserting himself and, you know, his usage rate is high. I felt like in this game, he didn't even have the ball in his hands that much. And when he did, bad things were happening. Like, in that, late in that game, the game was still in the balance. Like, you know, the Celtics were not running and hiding at all at the end of that game. Like, this game was very much up for grabs. And in those moments, the, the Cavs had got it around, you know, 15, 12. LeBron, Six first of all, at times. sitting out. Yeah. LeBron is sitting out large swaths of time, which blew me away, um, which is why I think that, you know, he was sick. But either way, like, look, sick or not, you can't be careless with the ball. There's That's just like a, a tick that you have that you don't let happen, you know? And I, I thought that LeBron at the end of that game – was so like not at the end but in the last actually important moments maybe eight nine minutes left in the game there were a couple possessions i i made a mental note of that where he it might have been three possessions in a row where he either turned it over or took a really terrible and ill-advised shot and you know like it's fine that he shouldn't be the whole team but you know like there's there are moments where he needs to pick them up and i mean that's what he is that's why he's getting paid what he is that's why he's considered the goat or whatever and you know and in those moments, I felt like he just he didn't rise to the occasion at all. And luckily, they have another game left. I fully expect the role players to pick it up. And you know, like you said, I think Kyle Korver, you know, needs to play a lot more. I, the two games J.R. Smith has been terrible in, they've lost decisively. I expect J.R. Smith to pick it back up, obviously. And we'll just have to see. But I, I fully expect the Cavs to rise up and win Game Six. It's just a matter of. They've got to cut this shit out. Sorry, but like in the in on the road, they have been a completely different team in this series, and they have not looked like. It's just weird. It's like two completely different teams. I mean, I know you've seen this a lot since the trade deadline, but man, it, it just blows me away. Uh, watching like the Indiana series is the same way, but then I thought they turned a corner in that Raptor series, and then I thought they turned a corner again at home in this series, and they just totally reverted back to what they were early in the Indiana series in this last game. And I just, I don't know what to think other than that. I expect them to rise to the occasion in Cleveland. Well, the one thing I will say is it's pretty apparent. They're not a good team and, and they look like a good team when they're playing well. And Boston, to be fair, Boston looks like a horrible team on the road in these entire playoffs (laughs) against Milwaukee. They look like a horrible team. They've looked like a horrible team. Yeah. They don't look good when they're on the road, but when they're at home, for whatever reason, the defense is better. I don't know if it's because the crowd's behind them, but they look like mm-hmm. a they look like a significantly better team when they're at home. When they're away, Jason Tatum looks like a rookie. Jalen Brown looks like a second-year player on his way to being a star at some point in his career. Marcus Smart looks like a subpar role player. Al Horford mm-hmm. looks like somebody who should he was an all-star ten years ago and can't really play anymore. But when they go Rogier. home. We'll Rogier, yeah, all of a sudden Rogier, like he he looks like an all star when they're at home, and he he didn't even play that well this game. He didn't play well this game either. Yeah, that, but, the, I mean. but but this Celtics team, they worry me because the Cavs have played so well at home. They have King James, yeah, whatever. But if the Cavs do anything nearly close to what they did in this last game, they're done. And and for yeah. a Cavs fan, what does that mean for the future? Whatever. But just talking about this season specifically, this Cavs team 
has enough to beat this Celtics team. And if they don't, it's an embarrassment for not only LeBron, but for this franchise. And if LeBron leaves, the franchise can't say anything about it because he's gone. But if he stays, then it's it, there's so many questions that you have to answer. I just I worry about what happens I to agree. the psyche of LeBron and to the psyche of the future because if he doesn't make the finals this year, unless he goes to Houston or unless he goes somewhere that you're guaranteed to have like a, a stable of stars – I don't know if he'll ever make the finals again. And that's oh, sad man. to think about. I mean, as long as he's in the East, whatever team he goes to will be the favorite, whether it's Philly. I think or... he's going to Philly, though. I just don't I don't see it. I don't see it either, but, you know, it could happen. I, look, I, here's the thing. We've said it before. Like, he'll look around and realize there's really no great option for him this year, and he might as well just wait a year and probably be the favorite next year, and they could probably have a chance to shoot, you know, who knows? Maybe they get Paul George. Maybe they collect some more players. They fix this thing because it's a disaster right now. You're right. They're not that good. But, look, they're playing in a Celtics team that almost got bounced by the Bucks in the first round, right? Like, this isn't a superpower, a super team. This isn't the Celtics that beat them a few years ago. And they're they missing their two all-stars. Aside from yeah, Warford, I mean, they're missing their best two players. And you're I, losing I, I, to a bunch of – you're losing to a good team. You're losing to a good coach. The Cavs are not that. They have a horrible coach, and they're not a good team. But the, yeah, there's a difference between a good team and, like, a contender and, like, a great team. And the, the, the way this current Celtics team is formed is, like, you know, they're they're just getting by by the skin of their teeth with what they've got. And to the finals! For that. I, it's going to be amazing if they do it, but, like... You know, we've heard, and I don't want to make this into a huge Jordan versus LeBron referendum, but the truth is, like, this, like, LeBron should should be able to do this, right? Like, he should be able to carry them through these last two games and get there. I mean, I know this team is pretty crappy, but he's still got enough players to get through, and he's still LeBron. Like, in the Ultimate Stars League, he's the ultimate star. So he should be able to win these two games. They should be able to get through, in my mind. And, you know, I just... I, I expect it to happen. I still do. I still think that the Cavs are going to win these two games. But, I, I mean, it's a lot tougher for me to talk big about both this team and the Warriors team, but especially this team, the way that they played their last game. Yeah, it's, it's, to me it's all up to game six. You know, if they, if they look strong in game six, I believe, I believe LeBron's going to win a game seven. I don't care where the hell it is. It could be in Boston. Mm-hmm. It could be in Toronto. It could be in Dubai. I don't give a shit. It'll never LeBron, be <laughs> LeBron will take care of business in game seven. But if he loses game six, it changes the narrative for me for LeBron. Not 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 with how good of a player he is, but the whole LeBron MJ thing, it's gonna fizzle out a little bit, I think. I don't think and I don't think if he goes to Philly or if he goes to Houston, the story about LeBron James, you know, the essence of LeBron James as a, you know, god amongst men in basketball changes a little bit because at that point you're doing what Kevin Durant did. And nobody's talking about Kevin Durant in the point. same breath as they're talking about LeBron James and Michael Jordan. Kevin Durant's always going to be somebody who joined other great players. If LeBron James goes and does that same thing, I don't think about LeBron James in the same way that I did. He's no longer the alpha he's been his entire career. Yeah, I mean... I don't disagree with that. I I mean, it's it's crazy to think about this in advance, but, you know, like if they lose that home game in game six, it's tough to reconcile that for me with, you know, with what Jordan's done, with what anybody else has done. Like he, he'll always, I think that that title against the Warriors separates him amongst everybody else, like the Durants and everybody else that puts him on a tier above them. But, you know, 
like this is one of those situations where he needs to take care of business. Like we've given him a lot of credit for good reason, and everybody has for good reason for all these triple doubles, all the ability to carry this team on his back. This team that without him would likely be, you know, a lottery team. Not likely, it would definitely be a lottery team. But he does still have like Kevin Love, and you know when they all play well together. They should win. They should beat the Celtics team. What would this, the Celtics like? If you put all the Celtics around LeBron, people would be like, oh, LeBron has nothing around them. But the reality is they've put this thing together and they might win this series. So, you know, I, I don't think there are a whole lot of excuses for LeBron in this exact moment. Yeah, I think LeBron truly believes no matter what he's down, he can win and he's proven that. Now it's time to show up and just go get the job done and if you don't mm-hmm. you're going to have to answer for it and i yes. I, I don't know i don't know what that's going to look like i hope it doesn't come to that but at the end of the day if lebron doesn't get it done in these next two games people are going to be talking a lot about what lebron's legacy looks like and and up to I this agree. point lebron's legacy looked a lot different than it will if he loses this series so i'm anxious to see was, this is kind of a small version of his entire legacy but do you think he was sick in game five, do you think like something was off with him, or was it just a bad game? I think it was a bad game. I, I honestly, wow. I don't think he tried as hard because I think LeBron, LeBron, to me, when I watch LeBron James when the team's not doing well, LeBron's get gets frustrated with the way the game is going, and his effort seems to drag when the rest of mm. the team is not doing as well as he wants them to do. And but I think they, at halftime, I think at halftime, LeBron realized that that there was frustration building up and people weren't they weren't playing well and it could have been maybe it was him blowing up at Tyron Lue for not playing people like Kyle Korver maybe it was him getting in a scuffle with guys on the team because they weren't playing well you could see frustration though even on the inbound passes I saw multiple times where he's yelling at J.R. Smith or he's yelling at Tristan Thompson because they weren't in position defensively and he's yelling at his own teammates when there should be setting up their transition offense, which is what they're best at against a team that's built full of rookies and second year players that you should be, you should be using your experience to beat this team. And instead you're fighting with your own teammates and your coach. I just, that's, that's what I think it was. I think everybody's talking about LeBron's tired. That's the easy, that's the, the, the sellout easy route to take because LeBron's 33 years old now. Everybody expects him to be tired. I really don't think it's that. I think LeBron is just growing frustrated at times in games when he should be able to rise above that. And I think in game six, it's going to be up to him to show whether or not he can be resilient and rise above that. And if he doesn't, like I said, I think the narrative changes for him. I agree. Um, Do you think they win game six? I think they absolutely have to win game six. And for me, even as much as I have hated watching this Cleveland Cavs team all year because they've been so inconsistent, they've been so frustrating, I think because they have to win it as badly as they do, I just I don't see LeBron losing this game. And in and, and game seven is a and different then you story. Don't see them. I, I don't see LeBron losing a game seven, but, you know, it, it's going to be tough. They, he really does need help. Kevin Love started game five excellent. He was horrible down the stretch. He got into foul trouble. He started just just kind of shooting up, shooting horrible shots at the end of the game. His his three was on early. I, I, he needs Kevin Love to step up. He needs guys like Tristan Thompson, George Hill, J.R. Smith. J.R. Smith's been inconsistent. He needs, he needs those guys to step up. He needs Corver to have another big game. If they're shooting yep. well, and they usually do at home, he'll win game six. And then in game seven, I'm just not betting against LeBron against this young of a team. It boils down to these names, right? Like, if these guys, if two or less fewer of these guys 
play well, they're going to lose. If three or more play well, they'll win, in my opinion. Love, Hill, Thompson, J.R. Smith, and Corver. All right, that's five guys. That's five names. If three of them play well, they will win. If two of them or fewer play well, they'll lose. That's that's like how it's been. That's been the formula the whole series. And it's been the like LeBron's going to get you probably tomorrow night in a game 35 six. 35 like, men. He's getting you 35, 8, and 8. Done. And everybody else has to pick him up like in some way or just fill out the rest of the sheet because, look, like the honest truth is if LeBron does what he did last game, which was 26, 10, and 5, and six with, turnovers. Like, with six turnovers, like, and he played worse than that. Like, they're going to lose. And then beyond that, all those supporting casts weren't very good. Kevin Love, 14. You know, Tristan Thompson has one point. <laughs> George Hill, seven. J.R. Smith, two. Like, you know, like you said, Kyle Corver didn't play enough. George Hill had I, seven, five of six from free throws and one of five from the floor. I, it was bad. It was The supporting cast was bad in that game. Yeah. But I think I still think that three of those five guys play well with LeBron. It's they're good. If two of them play well, they're probably not going to win. That's my opinion, and that's kind of been the formula of this whole series. And I just, you know, that's this is their cast right now. It changes, it evolves. Right now, it includes Tristan Thompson and doesn't include Nance and others. You know, I just I think that I that's that's my feeling. And at home, I expect J.R. Smith specifically at home to have a big game. Yeah, he needs to. It's going to be interesting to watch this game because I'm a little nervous. We'll be watching it together. We'll uh So yep. so our oh by the way to get to tonight is a collective oh by the way for this weekend. So Anchu and I are going to be venturing out to Indianapolis for the Indianapolis 500. We are Huge IndyCar guy. Huge, man. If you listen to the show, you know how big of race car fans we are. Yeah, we we literally have been dying for this. We know all of the people that are racing in it. Who's your guy this weekend? Uh, My guy is Danica Patrick, who is dating my favorite NFL player. Mine is uh, Michael Andretti. Is he still – I know he had a video game back in 1993 (laughs) when I still owned a Sega Genesis, but uh, I literally – Dale Earnhardt Sr. I don't know anybody's name. God rest his soul. I I know none of their names, but uh, it's going to be fun. We're going to be out on the Indianapolis 500 track watching – a car go by once or twice, and then we're just going to enjoy the scenery. It's one of the biggest sporting events in the country. If you've never been, make it happen in your life. The next time we do this, it's Kentucky Derby, but uh, first we're going to start with the Indy 500 for the Leftovers crew. Dan's going to try to get a show out to you for Monday, but it is a holiday weekend, so if we don't have something for you Monday, we'll be back on hump day next week. Uh, But we love you guys. Aren't you anything for the good of the group before we wrap this thing up? We've got conference championships coming up here we've got game sixes on both sides we could have two game sevens it's pretty exciting stuff but uh i think by anything the time we, we do our next show i think by the time we do our next show we'll have a finals so i'm i'm still saying warriors Cavs. i've said it all year i'm sticking by it but i'm not feeling super great about it right now what do you think i'll say uh rockets celtics uh rockets and <laughs> rockets in a complete right. sweep no, I think it's really going to be Rockets, Cavs, uh, and I don't. I think it's going to be Warriors, Cavs, and I think the Warriors will sweep them. I literally just changed that three times. <laughs> you changed it minutes. literally three times. You uh, literally gave every iteration. I, I honestly don't want to pick because I'm so. I, I I know it's going to be the Warriors. The Warriors just are going to win two. Gun to head. Okay, just gun to gun to head. Warriors, Cavs, Warriors sweep. All right, I I don't disagree with that. Maybe that, a gentleman so sweep Warriors, five games. Gentleman sweep, yeah. All right, I'll give you that. I'll give you the one J.R. Smith explosion microwave game. I just hope – I really hope that's what happens because – Hey, we're on the outside looking in right now. Both of them have work to do. Yep, 
I mean, look, if it's Rocket Celtics, this show is going to be super boring the next two weeks. So, <laughs> well, I'll, especially because I'll be off of it. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is all assuming we make it out of Indy, by the way, which is a, you know like a fifty-fifty proposition. That's a huge if. Could be forty-sixty. That'll do it, boys. Uh, boys, I'm. Uh, uh, we're gonna Boy. we're gonna wrap this thing up. I'm 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 ready for this weekend. I'm ready for the Indy 500. I'm ready for the Cavs to blow it. For Anchukana, <laughs> I'm Josh. I'm ready Dunn. for you, buddy. This has been the leftovers. <laughs>